Good evening, Super Kicking with Stephen Fans, your favorite host right here, back in our respective locations. We got Greg over there rocking his son's gear and his usual spot, usual viewing pleasure. We got Stephen over here. It is the first day of freaking May. I don't know where April went. I don't know where March went, but Greg, we are here in May being a Hoosier. Like everyone, we put out milk and cookies for the race today because uh, nice. uh, we got the Indy 500 happening at the end of the month. It's pretty cool to see on like Instagrams of like people around here that they're all putting up their checkered flags for the month of May. And uh, it'll be nice for getting back to normalcy. We'll have full attendance, everybody back in, uh, in their shortish jean shorts and most American flag where you can get, Greg. At the greatest spectacle in racing, the Indianapolis 500. So, that's going on here. What's going on over there in the world of Greg? Oh, man, it's all about the NFL draft right now. Uh, been a long time covering my favorite team, the San Diego Chargers, now Los Angeles Chargers. Went to the draft every year. And, uh, you know, COVID put a halt to that, unfortunately, but... Uh, still deep in the draft with it uh, just concluding yesterday and uh, seeing who we got, how the team is shaping up. And then you got, uh, like I said, the Suns get ready to go into round two and uh, on the way to uh, winning this championship. So lots of good stuff going on. So USC is hot and heavy right now. There's a lot of good mixed martial arts uh, action going on. And there's talk about uh, Mike Tyson and Jake Paul having an actual fight. So, you know, the curiosity is going to go up about that pretty soon. But, uh, yeah, lots of going on aside from uh, work craziness. And I got to be uh, at home night instead of uh, on location like last week. So, All right. Well, there we go. Uh, Yeah, I had no idea. I figured the guy who uh, tried to, you know, antagonize Mike Tyson might sign up to fight him, but I guess not. He don't. He didn't want to get in the ring with him. He was, he was okay on the airplane, dude. Duke it yeah. out. But well, Greg, we got to start off, of course, with release news. Yay! Yeah. Everyone's favorite time. And yeah, a few of these names are very surprising. I don't know if age had a factor to do with it. I don't think it did. Maybe with Dexter, I don't know. Is he older? I feel like he's a little bit older. So maybe he, you know, maybe they thought he was a little bit older, you know. But Dakota Kai is still not old. You know, Harlan was the touted as, you know, well, fans touted him as the next Brock Lesnar. But, um, you know, he was just with Joe Casey doing stuff. And of course we have Dexter involved with the whole stuff with um, Index and then Persia Parada, Malcolm Bivens, uh, Dakota. Uh, I think that's my name, Greg. That's the name I'm really like, why did she not get a sniff of the main roster? I really would like to see that. And then Persia is an interesting name because I think she is still younger and she was improving a lot. So I was you know, kind of surprised there. Draco just had the Joe Gacy stuff. So obviously they're not going to go with that. Now the note is on Malcolm Bivens that he was not going to resign anyway. And I think Dakota was in the same boat. 
But it's interesting with Dakota, Greg, is that she's with Shayna Baszler and they're in a relationship. So that's going to be interesting to kind of see where Shayna Baszler might end up in the next, you know, whatever time frame. So, uh, you know, kind of sucks for her that she gets released as <laughs> WWE was heading off to seas. What a way to, you know, uh, unfortunately not be there for your partner in life when you're across the sea and you come to find out that, oh, yeah, she got released. So I think Dakota will be fine. I think she'll end up somewhere. Uh, you know, Dexter might end up back in Impact, right? Malcolm Bivens, it's already, I think he's already got a stand-up thing happening uh, in a week or so. Uh, everybody else, a lot of these things I didn't even recognize, Greg, so I didn't bring them up. But uh, not always, not a good day. I, I'm a little worried about what WWE will release main roster-wise. I think that's something to watch. But, uh, yeah, there was definitely some interesting names there cut and released on Friday. I believe it was Thursday, Friday. Um, so, what are your thoughts on all these current crop of releases? Yeah, it always sucks when a release list comes out and, you know, you scan it to see who you know, who you don't know. Um, and Dexter's the first name that pops out to me just because um, he has a, a very nice body of work already. Um, I don't know what age he is, but I know he's been around for a while, going back to his impact days. And, um, you know, he's a guy who's honed his craft and he knows his character and he's been the same guy, whether he was Sam Shaw in impact to Dexter Loomis in WWE or NXT. And he's worked hard to, you know, define that character and have it to where, you know, he can turn that switch on anytime he wants and I don't know if it's I don't know if I blame it on him um, as much as I do creative they ran out of I stuff think, for him right I mean they could have done so much better for him um, you know you started being creepy stalker guy and there's a million places you can go with that and instead they decided to turn him baby face and have him turn into a caricature artist and you know it's cute but it doesn't fit who he is and uh, i blame creative for failing him that way i mean i get trying to add a layer to your character but you know if you're going to do something like that it's going to take a a whole change as far as his look his presentation everything instead of having him stay creepy stalker guy and you know draw funny caricatures it doesn't fit and i'd see that's why more than likely that the nxt universe didn't really uh get with it even when the uh index stuff went down it was fun while it was uh you know during the run and ending with the and actually speaking a word out loud at the uh the wedding but overall the whole uh loomis uh, project failed and I don't blame him for it because he knows what he does he's good at what he does and they just couldn't capitalize on it uh, there was a world of potential there for him so I think he goes back to impact or um, another small organization and goes back to who he is and making that character mean something again 
Um, Persia, it, it was, you know, a new fresh face that was introduced at the wedding or around the wedding time. And, you know, still green, but, you know, this is where you go to learn. So uh, I don't get that. Um, then you go to Dakota. Uh, Harlem. Most, Harlem, that was very disappointing, too, because as the heavy behind Joe Gacy, it added an extra level of menace because you know that this is, you know, the beast you have to go through to get to Gacy, who's, you know, kind of the final boss. And um, same thing is, I wish they had gone with it further and just allowed him to develop his character more because we really saw little of him. Um, so it was kind of a, you know, waste of, of TV time for him. Uh, I think he lands on his feet somewhere else and finally gets the chance to flourish. So uh, I'm not really worried about him. He has a good look. Uh, he's menacing. He's big. And, you know, he can work big man style awesome. So um, he just needs to put more time in. And he's young. Like, and I think it's funny. I mean, you make him shave his head. Not just shave it. Like, you know, old school bald. So you yeah. wonder if he'll, like, kind of get out of the limelight and let that grow back. Because I thought that was a good part of his look. You right. Know, granted, he did look a little bit too much like Brock. But if you grow out the hair a little bit, maybe Hulk could, you know, give a nice mohawk or maybe mullet it out, you know, give something different. Uh, I think, I mean, like you said, the tattoos, there was shots of him and Eva Marie training together. Who knows if that could be something down the road. Maybe they, you know, go on the independent scene and do something together. But uh, sure. I don't think they're together together, obviously. But, yeah, so I thought that was pretty interesting that, yeah, make him shave his head bald and then you cut him like three months later. Right. Um, then you get uh, Draco Anthony had a couple decent matches, but nothing great. And, you know, another waste. Now, I think the problem is that they brought in so many people at one time when 2.0 started that there was going to be some that didn't make it through, um, you know, that whole little tribunal that they were going through is there were going to be some casualties and he's unfortunately going to be one of them. You know, he looks good. Uh, he's decent, but nothing stood out about him. And I think that's all that that is, but you know, he hasn't been around long enough to get the uh, WWE sneak on him as far as going to somewhere else and being branded a WWE guy. So he has that going for him. Uh, Dakota's very disappointing because she could have been a great depth ad for the main roster. Mm -hmm. So I have no idea why she's not there. Uh, it's not like she didn't put the time in and have some great matches under her belt. Um, with the old guard of uh, the black and gold division and the new guard. So that's uh, probably the biggest head scratcher that uh, why she's why isn't she you know getting some shine on the uh, main roster you know you brought up people who are a lot less proven uh like Shotzi um uh, brought Ember up twice and so there's just a lot of head scratching moves there why wouldn't you give her a shot because 
you know, she's great character wise. And, you know, you give her another uh, reinvention and bring her up, you know, you got something there. So, yeah, I don't give a, you know, half of these uh, releases what they're thinking. Uh, aside from, you know, budget cuts, you can't be making that much money anyway. So, it's just uh, disappointing from top to bottom, even with the names that I haven't seen yet. You know, they never got their opportunity. So, I, you know, kind of feel bad for them. I was kind of looking through the current, you know, roster, and uh, it's surprising Neo Shirai wasn't on this list, right? I mean, if you're you're kind of, I mean, there's not many names that are left from that, you know, shift from NXT to NXT 2.0. Uh, other than EO, I think. So you wonder if you knew that to call her up or, you know, is she going to be gone? Because I'm very surprised she didn't make this list, Greg. You know, you wonder if, if she's injured or something, but um, the moment she gets cut, she's going to be on AEW TV. I have no doubt about that. Um she's got to be brought to the main roster. Otherwise, you know, you're going to wonder what in the world are they thinking? Because, you know, we've seen her and how great she is. And she's been ready for the main roster for like the last two years. So it's uh, baffling why she's not there already. And, you know, what in the world are they going to do with her? Unless there's some drastic character change and it takes time to, you know, make new gear or change your personality or whatever, which would be a huge mistake. Um, so I hope that doesn't happen. You know, she needs to be brought up and presented the way she is now because the way she is now is perfect. And, you know, let her do her thing. So I have no clue why she's not up there because she should have been a long time ago. I'm trying to think. We haven't seen her on NXT in the past couple of weeks either, I don't think. So maybe they are just kind of you know, sit back. You wonder if there'll be a name change if she does go to the main roster. That's been the, the thing they do. So right. maybe they're working on that. But uh, I'll be very interested to see if what she, you know, where she ends up. Because, like I said, I mean, if you look at the, the roster, Greg, it just, there's not much NXT black and gold left. <laughs> I mean, right yeah. now. So. Uh, and then the other big piece of news, um, the inspiration Casey Spears and Jessica McKay are going to be out indefinitely of wrestling to focus on acting. Sorry, I kind of chuckled at that. I feel like this is like a <laughs> Bella Twins thing. You know, remember the Bella, I mean, the greatest Bella Twins ended up, you know, getting some TV love, but I think they left wrestling to see what other pursuit there could be. Now, Jessica is booked for some acting gig. I don't know if it's a lead role or anything like that, Greg, but um, Casey can just kind of hang out with Sean, I guess, <laughs> when he's not, you know, <laughs> hanging out in a chair. But um, I don't know. I don't really have it. I don't really know what to say. I mean, good luck to them. I just feel like in a year or less, we'll see them back wrestling. Yeah, I agree. They'll be back for sure. Um, you know, if you think you got it, go for it. And so, um, obviously they have the looks, right. And they're very entertaining. Yeah. Um, 
great comic timing. You know, I missed the iconic pose because it always hit. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they still do it in Impact. I haven't watched them in Impact at all, but um, it was always great. Those two walk off each other perfectly. But, uh, you know, nothing wrong with taking a little time off and seeing if it'll work. And if it doesn't, you know, you always have this to fall back on. And, you know, they can definitely do a, a Bella-esque type thing between the two of them because uh, their chemistry is off the page. So Maybe get their own reality show. Because that's the thing, too. I feel like they work so well together. It's going to be interesting to see, separated in their own thing, how can they do? Because we've yeah. never really seen it. So, And they both have their own little um, brand army web pages. They're, you know, you can see them in skimpy outfits. So <laughs> they still have that. You know, maybe they could focus more on some of that stuff. But, yeah, I'll be, I don't know, I just, it is what it is. <laughs> Nothing really, you know, other than, it was just kind of surprising. It seemed just like out of nowhere. I know they recently lost a tag title. And uh, here they are just saying, oh, yeah, we're going to gonna give it a shot and, you know, so pursue some other things. So you wonder if there is those other things available or if they're just going to take their headshots <laughs> with, you remember, uh, uh, Jessica's good old trying to get her headshot, you know, getting trying to get jobs. So, uh, yeah. Any other news, Greg, that made it caught your eye that I didn't, that I missed, or anything else we want to catch up on? Um, well, first of all, I'll give these guys six months and they'll be back. Uh, secondly, I don't know if you saw the uh, the vintage, the, the video from um, the UK the WWE doing a tour in the UK and uh, a match with Lashley and Drew McIntyre. Oh, the ring rope broke. R right. Um, the rope broke and Lashley fell out of the ring onto his head and we almost had another Big E moment. Uh, I watched the uh, video and it was very scary. But he's, he got, Lashley got back up, finished the match mm -hmm. and you know, apparently he's he's still good to go. So, um, very glad that he survived and you know didn't have a serious injury because that video was very scary. I, I saw a, a really good clip from somebody who was uh, up close and yeah, yeah it. Somebody was fired that day. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, they, I mean, they were joke about reinforcing the ring, Greg. I guess they they got to reinforce it for Drew and Lashley that night. Yeah, I mean, WWE definitely needs to step the game up with this because it's, it's, the, it's starting to become an uh, epidemic here. With uh, It happened with Roman and Finn. It's much, and, you know, that ruined a great match. It's happened, you know, this that time. Was, that was a, uh, we know that was a gimmick ring. Yeah, but it's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a joke you don't want to tell with oh, the yeah. whole with the ring with the ropes breaking you know this one this time was the real thing oh yeah opposed yeah. to it it not being yeah. that time but yeah. that's that's a joke you don't want to play somebody can get seriously hurt and you know they need to be more aware of it and you know these are supposed to be you know the best rings money can buy and you know now you have ropes breaking you know what's up with that so and of course speaking of europe we can announce or wwe announced that they do have clash at cardiff which will be the first uk pay-per-view 
since 1992 at Wembley Stadium. Uh, I believe it's going to take place like near a castle, <laughs> which is pretty cool setting. I, uh, so, Greg, all my chips in on Drew McIntyre. He better do something big there, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> that's yeah, he has to. It's like just calling for it. I mean, he's the biggest guy right now, you know, European-wise that everybody's in on. And we saw a little bit tease on SmackDown. So I think we're going to head into SummerSlam. And I wonder if they'll just pull the trigger on giving Drew finally a title win in front of a home (laughs) rabid crowd, you know, at Cardiff, which is not his home, but still close enough. So. Right. I'm curious to see what they'll do for that pay-per-view, which will be September 5th, I believe it was. Probably Labor Day weekend, it sounds like. And we'll have All Out mm-hmm. that weekend. So it's going to be a busy weekend that night. You wonder uh, if they'll go head-to-head. That would be fun to see who the, uh, the people decide to go with if they do it the same night. Why not? I mean, it um, sucks for us because we'd have to decide which one to go with. That's true. Um, so hopefully they'll too. I hope then they, you know, yeah, split it up a little bit. So yeah, um, it just shows AEW's really closed the gap. That uh, you know, when you're thinking about two big cards going head to head, you actually have to sit and think, okay, which one are we yeah. going to take? And it's not a no-brainer. I mean, you know, the best talent is in WWE, but AEW, the way they're doing things, you know. They're going to pull some of those AE or WWE um, diehards over to the other side when it's picked his pay-per-view or that pay-per-view on the same night. So it'll be an interesting lit assess just to see how far they've come and how they stack up. So uh, I would, I'd love to see it. I would think with the time difference, though, here in the States, it's got to be earlier because they're not, you know, even though people in England – have to catch Raw in the middle of the night, essentially. I don't know if for us here they'll do that same thing. You know, I wonder if it'll be like in the early afternoon, maybe early evening. Well, they are six hours ahead. So if we're thinking, you know, seven, eight o'clock start time, it's probably going to be two o'clock here. So maybe we'll we'll have time to watch both, I would assume, on that Sunday. Um, yeah, if we yeah. could take this and get rid of Saudi Arabia, I would be a very happy man. Yeah, well, we still got unfortunate few more years uh, until that is completely done. But, but hey, we're getting more women wrestling there, so that's that's something. There you go. All right, that is all the news we got. Let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll get right into Raw talk because uh, there's some stuff that happened with Raw and Randy Orton in his 20th anniversary, I guess is what we're calling it, which is crazy to think and he'll still be longer than anyone else he's saying so we'll see how long how long he lasts
because pretty much Randy Orton started the night with all of his celebration, and then they ended the night with the most random collection, Greg, I'll call it a face count, that I think I would have seen on a Raw episode in 2022. Who had on their bingo card that RK Bro, Cody Rhodes, and Ezekiel would win a Raw main event, Greg, because I, myself, did not have that in a bunch of years with the way Cody Rhodes was positioned just a, what, five months ago? Even, what, two months ago? So, um, very interesting to see RK Bro, Cody Rhodes, and Ezekiel picking up the win over the Usos, Seth Freakin' Rollins, and Kevin Owens. And then we could talk about what happened on SmackDown as far as we are no longer getting the title unification for tag team titles. And, yeah, we'll get into that because that kind of sucks, I think. But whatever. So we did have Rain Orton, you know, kind of get in a big old celebration, and it just descended to chaos. So, Greg, have at it. Opening and ending segments of Monday Night Raw. Thoughts on it? All right. Well, first, you know, congratulations to Randy Orton. 20 years, and I'm pretty sure I've watched pretty much all of it. Um, went from babyface Randy, um, but full head of hair and uh, very um, remember the whole uh, the get well Randy campaign uh, like it was yesterday because it was hilarious and you know it just grew on you um, to all his different uh, personas to from the legend killer to the viper to the apex predator and um, you know, kind of like the Undertaker and his going from the dead man to the American badass back to the dead man and um, his different incarnations and how distinctly different they've been while being the same. Um, it's been fun watching him literally grow up uh, in front of our eyes because I think he won the first his first title at 24. I'm going to say the youngest ever. And then you know, here we are 20 years later, it's 44-ish, 44, 45, and, you know, still, you know, looks even better than he did as a baby-faced kid. Uh, a legacy of great matches, pun intended, and, uh, you know, still looking to get even better. And he has gotten better. You know, just we see when he's really... Uh, into a storyline, you're going to get amazing Randy uh, on the mic and in the ring. Now, as far as this segment goes, started off great. You know, he's coming out, speaking for himself, talking to the audience. And then we get the cavalcade of clowns coming out from the back and each with their own agendas jumping in there and the most odd collection of people you would expect. Um, I would have favored a more, you know, the whole The Rock, This Is Your Life type of uh, setup in this case. You know, 20 years, you know, you can add some humor into it, but do it in a way that's memorable. Nobody's going to think about the 20th anniversary uh, episode and remember it, if at all with any recollection of anything that happened other than that it was a hot mess. So 
Uh, I didn't like everybody coming out and interrupting basically for no reason other than to set up a tag match and the tag match which was meh at best. So it was a letdown after Randy stopped talking and people start walking into the ring. It's pretty much a house show finish. And I think it, you know, with them getting ready to head off to Europe, you wonder if they just wanted to play it safe and just kind of get everybody, you know, through a match and then onto airplanes to head out to, you know, Europe for the whatever three or four nights that they're there. So, yeah, there wasn't much to write home about. Hey, Greg, at least, uh, at least he didn't get the Triple H pandemic. 25th anniversary show where <laughs> Triple H didn't get to spit the water. So there you go. But uh, True. <laughs> so uh, how about Bianca Belair and Sonya Deville? So we get this title match, which I thought was going to be saved for WrestleMania Backlash, but it just happened now. We had Carmella and um, Queen Zelina get interfering. So I'm going to assume maybe we'll do some handicap match for the title just to kind of give Bianca Belair is still looking strong because, let's face it, we have other segments, Greg, that show that Becky Lynch is not going after Bianca Belair. So I think we need something in the meantime until my hot girlfriend comes back, which is Bailey, which I'm uh-huh. still wondering why is she not back. Or you could throw Alexa Bliss. I mean, she's still married or she's all married away. Already done the honeymoon. I just wait on that phone call to, you know, kind of get back in action, but uh, I'm kind of surprised they wasted it here. I think you could have done that backlash with Bianca and Sonia and then, you know, still had some for the summer, but uh, I wonder maybe if we do get, you know, Carmella and Queen Selena kind of teaming up to try to beat Bianca Gray, because right now I don't know who else is there for Bianca. Well, I see, like, another... Like a, a blow off like cage match or something like that, just to get rid of all the uh, outside shenanigans. And uh, maybe there's a stipulation in there like if Sonya doesn't win, then she loses her executive role. Um, there's there's room for like one more match, especially since there's no um, worthy challenger that's stepped up yet. Like I said, Becky's not. Uh, going to jump back in the picture, and then you, who do you have left? So, um, Sonya's been pretty uh, antagonistic to the whole locker room and forcing her way into these matches, and this would be a good way to just end it once and for all. You know, she puts herself back into a position where she gets one more match, and maybe Bianca gets throwing her own stipulation for like all the girls in the locker room. If I win, that's your job. You're done. So I can see something like that happening and that would be, you know, a good way to end it and, you know, put Sonda Sonia back into the full-time rotation at the same time. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, we definitely need Sonia out of the power. It's already rain its course, I think. And, the fact that Naomi didn't get to do it, you know, that's what's crazy. I mean, Naomi had all all the yeah. momentum to do it. So now you just almost have to kind of do a quick version of it with Bianca so that she could just finally move on. So, 
Uh, Veer Mahan defeated Sam Smothers. This was not Tracy Smothers. This was Sam Smothers. Nothing there. He did the whatever clutch on the <laughs> on the um, the 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 announce table. Uh, I guess the Mysterios are not back yet, so nothing there, right, Greg? Yeah. Next. <laughs> and then we also had Bobby Lashley defeat almost in the arm wrestling contest, but of course, almost gets the better end. And uh, I believe they announced it a rematch at that WrestleMania backlash. So it'll be interesting to see if almost gets the upper hand this time. I was pretty surprised Lashley got the win at WrestleMania, Greg. So it probably needs to go to almost this time around, correct? Yeah, I can see some MVP shenanigans that caused Lashley to lose. Kane throws the cane at him. So, uh, shenanigans galore. Nakira Tazawa and Tamina, they defeated Reggie and Dana Brooke. I don't want to go there. I will let you have all the glory, Greg, of next because you know what it's all about. Your hot Asian girlfriend. Finally back <laughs> in the ring. Finally booping Becky Lynch's nose. Uh, I guess she wants to be Chris Statlander now, but anyways. Um, yeah, so Becky Lynch, and we actually have a feud that won't involve the title between Becky and Oscar, Greg. That's pretty unique to them. So I'm interested to see how they'll play it up. Right. Um, I didn't hear about this before it happened, so it was a great surprise for me. Um, you know, you have Becky going in the ring doing her, you know, what am I going to do next? You know, what was me kind of thing? And then she catch yourself halfway through a promo. It goes, I'm still the best. I'm still, you know, blah, blah, blah. And before she's ready to walk out all self-satisfied, my hot Asian girlfriend, Asuka, comes out and looks fabulous as ever. Um, so it doesn't like anything has changed with her, you know, presentation-wise, or she's still doing the... Uh, little dancing and but she seems to have tad a little bit more menacing and uh as i say that you know she goes and flicks becky in the nose i don't know what that means if that's become a thing now but uh you know now we get you know this is going to be good um oscar and becky i'm going to get see you know retooled oscar hopefully retooled oscar um, I can't imagine they ever come back just to start losing a bunch of matches or booking her 50-50. But this could aim to a different direction for Becky. You know, she says she starts losing her Oscar matches and, you know, has to go back into the cave and, you know, reinvent again. So, you know, bring out Oscar, make her hot, and, you know, put her back in the top of the, uh, the title scene because who wouldn't want to see – you know, Oscar and you know Bianca go at it. So I don't think um, we have we seen that. To... No, I don't think we've ever seen it. I mean, That's Bianca was right after Oscar, yeah. Yeah. and um, so those two. I don't think they've even st stood in the same ring at the same time. So because then it'll be fun. Hurt when Bianca won last year. I thought she was gone yeah. the whole summer and then just kept going on. Um, Damian Priest also defeated Finn Bauer. I'm still all in, Greg. I need Finn, AJ Styles against Edge and Damian Priest. Just give me that feud. I think that'd be a lot of good players involved. Uh, I wonder if that could maybe be a Hell in a Cell style. Not maybe in the cell, but 
you wonder if AJ and Edge will do Hell in a Cell. Because uh, those are two guys that you have Edge, who is all about Hell in a Cell. And I think, I'm trying to remember if AJ's been in one. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, I'm going to be, in, you know, like we said, I think AJ probably wins this, and then we need the payoff at Hell in a Cell. And, you know, maybe if we can get Finn and Damien involved with that, I'm, I'm all in for it, too. Uh, how about yourself? Yeah, I like that. Um, you know me, I'm a huge fan Homer, and it it breaks my heart every time I see him take uh, what I see as unnecessary L's. I mean, I get it for, you know, the Austin Theory uh, push. As much as I didn't like it, I get it. But with Priest, you know, it's, and he's getting, you know, wins over Finn, and it's like everybody's getting wins over Finn. I mean, uh, Mad Cat Moss threw him out the window Andre Cup. I mean, he's he's been the uh, super soldier by, you know, letting all these guys go over um, at his expense. So, you know, I got to put the hashtag back into circulation. <laughs> you know, hashtag justice for Finn. Because, uh, round two. yep, it, it worked in the beginning. He, you know, he rose up, he got the title, and then it was gone just hey, as quickly and doing stuff so we got to give him credit true smackdown i he's already had more de- title defenses than uh <laughs> shinsuke so there's something yeah so it, it's still working i got to refocus the uh the energy on finn now mm-hmm. and uh i would like to see him enter in this feud that way you know he gets some uh main event level uh shine and you know, he can get it back. So, you know, he's been, he can always get it back, but um, they're having him in jobber territory for way too long. So we want him out of that lane into the main event lane. So you can put him in there with AJ against uh, Edge and, and Priest, then you got something. So you got to make of a great match. So I'm all for it. Well, and uh, talk about returns that I don't think even we saw coming. Mustafa Ali comes back and defeats the Miz. We had a Miz segment with Austin Theory, and you know Ali makes his return, which is very surprising concerning where we were. You know, once again, five six months ago, you know him just fine waiting out and you know sitting out the rest of his contract. So you wonder if they have some sort of plan, some sort of idea for him, and then Champa takes out Ali at the end of it. Which I'm all in for, Greg. Champa and Ali, I think, could be a really good, like, underrated feud that, you know, hopefully they don't relegate to main event. The literally the show main event. I mean, I'd be all for it if it was the main event, but that's <laughs> going to happen. Uh, but yeah, give me Champa and Ali. I mean, I, it kind of sucks because it will be one of those like probably 50 50 because both guys are just, you know, well, Ali's coming back, so he probably needs to pick up wins. You have Champa. You know, as a new new face on Raw, so he probably needs wins. But you know, Ali and Champ, I think, are both hungry to do something, and I think that's why they both want to step it up and do you know do that. So, um, how about the return of Ali to Monday Night Raw? Do you think there's actually some hope that we do something with him because he's he has the talent, and you know, he put out good promos before, like online and. There's something there. I mean, you know, 
Yeah, um, I loved this segment uh, just because at the time I was, you know, out of town watching it with a buddy of mine who's uh, last time he watched it was uh, when I was when we we're hanging out a lot more, and uh, I'm pretty much the one who got him into to watching it and get involved in the storylines. Uh, now he knows who the characters are, and uh, I was showing him that episode of Raw, and as Ali comes out, he's like, I don't remember that guy. It's like, well, he was almost, you know, a non-factor because, you know, he asked for his release. He just didn't get it. And then the first thing that uh, Miz says as uh, the segment starts, they look at him and they go, you still work here? And then uh, Priest has a joke, too. It's like, didn't you want to take your ball and go home? And Or not Priest, but uh, yeah. And uh, so they're already making jokes about him asking for his release and not getting it. And so I always like it when they pull from, you know, real life and bring it to the ring uh, as an extra element. You know, AEW is great at it. Um, and so it kind of, you tell it still eats at Ali a little bit too, but um I'm optimistic for it because, you know, if they're bringing him back and, you know, they didn't give him his release, they're going to, you know, do something with him. So this is a good storyline to put him into. Um, he and Miz can have some really good matches. And then uh, at the end, you know, the whole Chompa thing was a big blindside because who would have figured that he would come out at that moment? Um I love it. You know, they didn't change his look. They didn't change his gear. They didn't change anything about him, except that he's just Champa now. He's not Tommaso Champa. He's just Champa. So we'll take that. Um, you know, they've and done they a lot worse. Need to be a baby face. I think his story, the you know, what you see on social media, just shows how much of a baby face he could be. Because he wants to break that stigma of, you know, Muslim wrestler. Because what right. do we know, what do we always think about that? Muhammad Hassan. You know, that's yeah. like the biggest thing. Like, and, you know, I think that stigma is long overdue to go away. So, you know, him getting the U.S. title down the road really would open up that door to something different. So, True. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that's, you know, like, it's like with Mansoor. Like, I was kind of happy they were giving him something different. But then, of course, you know, so we'll see. When man scores ever back with uh, LA Knight and how that goes. Uh, that was Monday Night Raw. Let's get into NXT because they're heading into spring breaking it uh, next week. And they got some matches there. So we did have Nikita Lyons defeat Lash Legend. The big story here is, Greg, we're going to get Lash Legend and Natalia against Nikita Lyons and Cora Jade. Any prediction, Greg, on that match? Because I feel like you could go either way. <laughs> uh, guys, stick with Nikita. You know, she's, you know, definitely the hottest thing in NXT right now. And, um, you know, got to keep those meme generators working. Uh, everybody's super into her. And, you know, right now she's killing it. So uh, those, those matches for her and Lash are getting better. They're not great. But, you know, you can tell they're the more they spend more time they spend in the ring with each other, the better they're getting. 
So that's at least encouraging. And uh, and you throw Natalia as like the veteran presence that can help both women and with Cora. You know, I still think Cora's ultimately got to get over Natalia one on one down the road. So we'll be I'll be interested to see if they they pull that trigger. Right. Um. What? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I think, uh, and that is the best person to, you know, put them all under her learning tree and, you know, make all their matches better. So um, I loved it, the, the fact that they made her, like, pretty much the BMOC or the BWOC uh, down in NXT 2.0 because all those girls are going to benefit from her being around. Like the, the gatekeeper-esque role in that. So, um, yeah. Vaughn Wagner picked up a win. Speaking of names, Greg, that I'm like, he didn't end up on the cut list, but obviously he's a big guy. Him and Robert Stone are working well. But then he defeats Tony D'Angelo, who is getting such big wins. So I'm kind of mixed on going with the win here with the Vaughn. Uh, I just don't see anything in it. You know, and WWE does, NXT does, but that's fine, so... Uh, any thoughts there, Greg, on Von Wagner and Tony D'Angelo? It's fine because it was a shenanigan win with uh, with Legato coming in and kneecapping D'Angelo yeah. uh, the way he did to them the week before. So it's really just setting at the table for the Legato versus the D'Angelo crew now. And setting the table for that storyline while getting Von Wagner over at the same time just through nefarious means so it it it, it works for what it what they were aiming for it to do so and no they kind of switch up the roles of like legato was so over as faces and now they're almost reverting back to heels uh, especially in that you know match against josh briggs at fallon henley they take out jensen and then they get the win so it's interesting how that kind of Maybe they see Legato better as heels, obviously. But then Tony D'Angelo feels like a heel. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know, Greg. I, I don't know where we, we go with that. Like, I think two heel factions is kind of tough. So I feel like the crowd has got to go one side or the other. But um, Nathan Frazier wiped out Grayson Waller. Nathan Frazier was supposed to get a win, but Grayson Waller tried to interrupt that. So on one end, I, you know, Nathan Frazier, we'll see what he's all got about later on. But also, Greg, I want to bring up, so we saw the little segment with Grayson Waller and Tiffany. Now that we've lost a couple couples, are we going to pull together Tiffany Stratton and Grayson Waller? Uh, I hope not, but that's what it looks like. So just what we need, another couple. And but at um, least these two have the makings of, like, they work together because you have them both so full of themselves. True. I mean, are some sort of part, maybe they have a partnership, you know, that, I don't know, like, like Electra with, you know, um, Legato, like we don't say, you know, she's not really with anybody, but she's just kind of there as a heavy. Yeah. And I will say that, um, that what minute and a half that Tiffany and Waller, uh, had their little dialogue back and forth was infinitely better than anything we saw Duke and Persia do or pretty much any or Indy and yeah. Loomis do. So the chemistry is there. Right. 
So I'll give them credit for that. Like, yeah, with at least, well, Indian Dexter, it got there, but the Persian Duke was just, I think that was so forced. It's like yeah, a rom com that you just are like, well, we're just going to throw these two people together. And even though they didn't, it's like an actor and actress that you know is never going to work, but you're like, eh, we'll just try. Um, uh, Big Ben, we have not got to AW. We're getting this at in just a little bit, so you're, you're good timing. Big Ben has joined us in the chat, so I'm glad to see you here. Uh, hopefully, you know now that we're live at 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, so we're right here ready for you, Big Ben. But we're getting to AW. We're just finishing up NXT, and then we got some SmackDown. Then we'll get right to AW for your viewing pleasure. So, uh, oh, Big Ben asked about Dexter. Unfortunately, Big Ben, Dexter Loomis is no longer part of WWE or NXT. So we will not see Dexter Loomis in any sort of WWE SmackDown or Raw. But uh, sorry you missed that news over the week. But yes, no more Dexter Loomis, probably back to Sam Shaw and whatever he might do. So um, speaking of people still around, how about uh, Katana Chance, which is Casey? And Caden Carter, they're still picking up wins, Greg. <laughs> I don't really get it. I'm surprised that they're still around, too. Speaking of, you know, they might have answered their phones this weekend. <laughs> they, they saw that number like, oh, we're going to block that call. But uh, I missed why Katana Chance said she changed her name. I guess I need to go back and watch that. But I was really surprised they're still picking up wins. I mean, I don't see them getting the tag team picture anytime soon. But, you know, hey, they picked up a win. Yeah, it, it does make sense. Um, when they said uh, Katana Chance, I was looking at TV a little bit closer to see if, if she had a new, if there was a new tag team partner. And then I was like, no, that's still her. <laughs> so what's up with the whole uh, name change thing? Only thing I could think of, which may be a possibility. Maybe they're just going to call them up because why change the name now? Right. Or if something happens where, you know, she didn't want to use her real name um, because, you know, that is her real life name, you know, so um, and she feel like she needs to. Yeah. Maybe she wants to separate the two is the only thing that would make sense to me. Otherwise, WWE is having fun with the name generator. Um, because it does seem like an odd name, but they seem to be intent on keeping the initials the same. So, um, as far as the name generator goes, it's not horrible, but you know, you expect the character out of Mortal Kombat with the name like Katana Chance, but that's true. Yeah. Uh, it does sound like a street fighter of Mortal Kombat, yeah, and she's not. <laughs> she's not anything close to she's just like a little spider monkey that should be her name <laughs> right so I wouldn't mind seeing them win the tag team championships really because yeah. you know they're a solid team they work great together and their tandem offense is awesome so um, as much as I like Sasha and Naomi uh, their you know, tandem offense is not that great so they have plenty of time to work on it or whatever but you can tell they're two solo acts that have been put together. Um, and I don't even know what to call them now because I keep wanting to say Casey and Caden. 
they, you know, they are a true tag team. They flow together. They do everything together. And you can tell the difference in the ring when you watch them versus any other women's tag team right now. And they're friends outside. They're like, they've been friends outside the ring for a while. So. And what they've been teaming up for almost it's like two years at least, right? I mean, I feel like they've teamed up forever. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you would think if you don't have it by now, Greg, then good luck. So. Right. Um, I did bring up Legato. Dave Fantasma got a pretty good win over Josh Briggs and Alan Henley. Uh, any thoughts on that match? No, boring. <laughs> How about Solo no. Sikoy, Sikoa, Sorry, picking up a big win over Trick. That, that was a good match. Um, better than I expected it to be. And, uh, you know, Solo, you know, gets over again and. You know, everybody's chanting Usos to him, and, um, you know, it's setting up a, a big, a, you know, title, you know, kind of round-robin thing. So, I'd like to see him, you know, keep stacking wins, and I still say we're going to see him on SmackDown sooner than later. Yeah, I think so. Are we, are we sticking with Cameron Grimes keep the title next week? Um, yeah. Only because, you know, Solo's already off to bigger and better things, and um, you want to keep at least one babyface champion around for a little bit. So I can see him holding on to it a little bit longer. He just got it, so, you know, you let him have a little bit of a run. I, part of me wonders if they'll go back to the well with Kate Carmelo. And then he can, you know, really hound up the two-time champion and stuff like that. I mean, we can bring up AEW down the road, but we did see a title change there with the TNT title that I was very surprised with. So, you know what, Greg? I'm going to call it. I'm going to say Carmelo picks up the win. I think okay. there's a little more money that they think. I, I mean, I, I personally think Carmelo probably needs to get called up sooner rather than later. But, you know, I feel like Carmelo's ready. Um, but I wonder down there if, you know, like I said, maybe Grayson Waller taking it out from him would be something. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Cameron Grimes ends up losing because we've already had the feel good moment for Cameron, you know, yeah. doing it for his dad. He got the win, and I don't there. I see. I feel like some of the momentum is gone for Cameron Grimes, but you know, maybe a good match down. You know, maybe good a really good match, and then Triple Threat could just get it right back up. Uh, speaking of surprises down there, how about the Viking Raiders showing up on NXT? Speaking of places they should be, I think they'd be really good down there to help, you know, these up-and-coming tag teams. You'd have a veteran presence. Uh, I still, I mean, they'd probably look out of place, but I think they're needed in that regard. And they're not doing anything on the main roster. So, I mean, why not? Yeah, for them, anything is better. Uh, right now they're, you know, chasing around the 24-7 title. I mean, come on, man. Um, it, I think the act's just gone stale. You know, when they came into NXT the first time, it was super hot. Everybody loved them. And then they went through the disaster with the name changes, then getting called up and um, having their run court sh cut short. And now they're just kind of a joke. And they've, you know, creatives lost their ambition with them so now they're back down on 2.0 they look out of place 
and um, I don't see things going better for them aside from them getting wins against teams that really don't make sense anyway, like Briggs and Jensen or whoever else they're going to throw in together. Um, I don't know if they can get their old mojo back. It's a problem. They're probably on that. Going to be cut soon, I would think. Yeah, I would think so too. Because then they go back, be the war. They can, you know, be war machine again, have their names back. Maybe Sarah Logan can now do something with them, you know, in AEW or Impact or the independent scene. I mean, yeah, I, I would, I'd be very interested to see them really find themselves back, you know, kind of refine themselves. And I think that would have worked for them if they would have given us more of the Viking why in the world or they like, they kind of brought it up, but they didn't go full fledged. You know, this yeah. is who they are. I mean, like, I, like you watch Sarah Logan's Instagram, Greg, and like, I mean, she's cutting down trees with her baby on her back. She's, you know, milking cows on the, on their farm. I mean, she's doing, you know, living this, you know, sustainable style life that probably Vikings would have done. Uh, but they just never go deep into that because, you know, mm-hmm. why not? But, um, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's what, uh, let's see what Greg, or uh, Big Ben said. Viking Raiders bump me around long. They're good, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I think their time has come. You know, they got the tag team titles for that short time. They had some of the fun with the Street Profits and that whole challenge thing with the turkey leg, and then it was just kind of that's it. So, uh, Mandy Rose got a big win over Roxanne. I'm they're definitely high on Roxanne, aren't they, Greg? To give her, you know, really put her in this program with. Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction. Yeah, this is the one segment of the show that was actually watchable. Um, this is a great match. Uh, better than I thought it would be, even though I heard about, you know, how good she was um, outside WWE. And um, so, yeah, I want to see more matches between these two because they really brought the house down with uh, this match. And, by the time this match was over, the crowd was really into it. Uh, even I think most of them didn't really know who she was aside from the vignette they played for her last week. So, um, great. It's not a debut. It was her second match in, really. But, um, you know, they have matches like that. We're going to see a lot more of them. So, um, excited for her. Excited for Mandy to get a another competitor that we haven't seen her had a match with you know five times already and has gotten old and somebody who can actually uh take the title off of her so um i like it and it's almost like the aj and page stuff where you know page gets the big win over aj her first night on raw so it'd be interesting to see roxanne maybe pick up a good win over randy rose and become the new champion and See where she could go. I mean, you know, you look at our next segment, Braun Breaker. I mean, he got the big win and taken off now. This stuff with Joe Gacy, <laughs> I don't know, Greg. It's probably probably ruining him a little bit. Um, it's just getting into weird territory. We had the whole disciple still there again, you know, holding back. Rick Steiner, I don't know. It just, yeah, I got nothing. You got anything? 
Uh, waiting to see how, where it goes. It's still, you know, kind of have a weak Undertaker vibe to it. And, you know, you see where it, they're trying to take it, but, um, you know, it's going to have to wait and see how it develops. Maybe it be something awesome. Um, I'm not holding my breath for it, but, you know, somebody has a plan somewhere, so. Yeah, it's going to get incomplete from here. And then this is what we have. So I was kind of looking to see what we have as far as um, the spring break-in. So St. Tony, D'Angelo, and Santos Escobar will sit down to solve their differences, whatever that means. The Creed Brothers and Viking Raiders, that's going to be something. They're going to be somebody to watch, Greg, without um, Malcolm Bivitz, I think. You know, really to kind of prove themselves without him. And I feel bad for Ivy because she really needed him, but whatever. Uh, Nathan Frazier gets his debut match. We also have Cora Jade and Nikita Lyons going against Slash Legend and Natalia. Cameron Grimes in a triple threat. And then this says NXT champion Braun Breaker goes head-to-head with Joe Gacy in personal showdown. So, okay, it does say that the title's on the line. I was curious if they might try to play it off that they aren't going to put the title on the line, but surely they'll put the title on the line. So um, interesting, you know, kind of stuff there. So that'll be next week for spring breaking it. Um, looking forward to that. Uh, well, sounds interesting. So they usually do better with these big shows, uh, these theme shows than uh, the actual week to week shows themselves. So, um, Looking forward to it, yeah, just to have better matches and see how these storylines develop, especially the the Gacy and Breaker one. And then finally, finish up with some SmackDown talk. Uh, Some of the big stuff here was Drew McIntyre, I think. You know, he defeated Sami Zayn. RK Bro had the Bloodline contract signing, but Roman Reigns came out there, ripped up the contract. Drew McIntyre came out those are written up even up the sides. So now, Greg, for WrestleMania Backlash, we're getting RK Bro and Drew McIntyre against the bloodline. No titles on the line. Or do we need to put the titles on the line? I wish they would put the titles on the line because the whole thing is kind of a waste that you're doing it without it. Um, we like the idea of the unification. Uh, you know, we're going to get a big banger of a match, and now that's over with. So uh, why else would they involve Roman and Drew if maybe not to do a whole winner-take-all thing? Um, which which they could. They can do, you know, the whole match, winner-take-all. Drew gets the world championship. The um, tag team's... You know, still take it winner take all. That's the only way to salvage this thing is if you make the whole thing winner take all. And um, Roman and Drew be the singles for the world championship, and um, RK Bro and the Usos with the tag team titles on the line. That's that's how you make it better. Otherwise, why would you scrap this match and form and and make a six man? My only um, thinking was they weren't ready to put the tag team titles together. You know, like I think, 
I think they, they thought about it, and then they're like, well, we're not ready to do that yet. So that could be my only thinking that they'll probably just make this a triple or a, a trios tag, you know, three-man tag team match because you could kind of hold off unifying the titles down the road. Uh, and then, you know, like I said, maybe Drew gets his big moment in, you know, the first European pay-per-view, the first England pay-per-view in, nine, you know, since 92. That's my way of thinking, but. Um, Madcap Moss got some redemption. Uh, I think we are getting Madcap and Happy Corbin at Backlash, but nothing right home there. How about Ricochet, though? Already, what, three title defenses in three weeks in about a month or so? More than Shinsuke Nakamura had in his whole reign. So we're at least, you know, putting some money behind Ricochet's title defenses. Yeah, I mean, it's about time. I'm excited for it. Uh, every time he has a match, I'm expecting him to lose. So it's yeah. going to take a while to get that stain off of him because he was eating a whole lot of L's for a very long time. And when he comes out, they're putting him over. He's getting a little nice little light show when he comes out. So it's start. I'm starting to think that they're going to, you know, give him a good run for for uh, for once. And uh, the more exposure you give him, the better he's going to get. Is I'm convinced of that. Um, it's just will the brass stick with it also and and let him shine because he deserves it. He's too good just to waste away and you know sit around and catering as they like to say. So um, I'm encouraged by it. I hope they keep keep it up. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez. You know, I thought Raquel Gonzalez, I thought she looked good in her SmackDown debut. I'll be curious to see. Hopefully they go all in on her. You know, we already saw it with Aliyah and Chatsi. They really haven't yet. But I feel like they have to see something in Raquel and, you know, have her keep going along until you're ready for whatever feud you might throw at her. But uh, any thoughts on Raquel's debut there, Greg? Yeah, it was fine. You know, opening match, you know, pretty much a squash and, you know, a few weeks of, you know, squash matches just to get her used to the um, main roster, you know, style and everything is would be good for her. So I don't mind it. Uh, Naomi defeated Shayna Baszler. You know, I, I don't think they made it official for the tag titles. Have we seen that official? I was going to look on the backlash page but i don't has that been made official greg that we're getting the women's tag team titles on the line for backlash yet or am i just dreaming that um they alluded to it last night or on friday but i don't i didn't see anything that that is official yet i mean i guess it's one of those that they'll probably just announce if they do so right uh, i would imagine with these teams just keep finding each other and then we had you know kind of back-to-back Xavier Woods defeated Rich Holland, but then Sheamus defeated Kofi Kingston. Uh, and the most over person, Greg, is Butch, because he wasn't there. <laughs> like, I, well, th- I, w- I will say this whole where's Butch is probably actually going to get him over, which is probably the dumbest thing ever. Well, it's, it's a little bit different, so at least give him that. It's, they're showing some creativity, throwing a, something new into an old, not necessarily an old rivalry, but 
the New Day and Sheamus go back a long way. Um, but but yeah, it, Rage isn't going to really flourish out of this because you know everybody's going to be put ease injury on his head, which is deserving. Um, but having Butch be the breakout character in this, you know, can do nothing but help him. And uh, I like what they've done with him. You know, he's still true to Pete Dunne, and you know they haven't changed anything about him. Just he's a little more off the hinge, so we can we can live with that. So um, it's different, and I like what they're doing. I want to see what happens with the whole Where's Butch thing. So uh, maybe they can do like a him getting photographed in random places or you know something like that. Still holding a growl while sitting in a men's club with two strippers sitting on his lap or something or. Uh, just interesting places, and he's still scowling. Uh, there's a lot of places they can go with it that w- could be a lot of fun, and it would get him mega over. So uh, why not give it a run and see what happens? Or I guess you know it'd be funny if you could find somebody that kind of has a look like him, and you maybe put him in put the the doppelganger in the crowd, and they're like, oh, there's Butch, but Troy, not him. And then you have him, the actual Butch show up or something like that, you know, do some where's Waldo trickery, but uh, right. I don't know if there's many, many people that look like Pete Dunn. Uh, so uh, Big Ben did bring up an awesome point. Yes, if Big E was there, this would be, I think this would be moving along a little bit better. Because oh, you yeah. kind of mix it up. You know, we're doing the same thing. We're just doing Xavier wins win with the backwoods and you're then you're having Sheamus pick up wins to show Ridge how to do it. And we haven't really got away from so, uh, we also had Ronda Rousey defeat Totsi in the challenge, I quit challenge, beat the clock, I quit challenge, which is a mouthful. Uh, and then Charlotte did not defeat the time. So, yeah, Ronda Rousey gets the upper hand. But uh, we also had Drew Gulak trying to be the timekeeper, Greg. I love that he had a, a stopwatch with him and he had the ring bell, like he was doing ring bell work. So, uh, Mark Eaton, I guess, got his job lost from <laughs> the Drew Gulak or whoever the timekeeper for years was. But uh, nothing rode right home here. What both ma- I think what the Ronda Rousey match was a few minutes, and then obviously Aaliyah and Charlotte was a little more than that. So, and I quit beat the clock challenge is just kind of an yeah. oxymoron in a way. Yeah, it was it was dumb. The whole thing was dumb. Uh, we consider Ronda won the first match in a like a minute forty five, yeah. and so it was wholly unrealistic. So, it, you know, it is what it is, and you know, this is the last piece of business before we actually get to the real match, which is going to be the the meat on this on this plate. So, uh, thank God we got through it. It was horrible, but. If this match ends up being a classic, then we forgive him for all that. What do you think about beat the clock matches? Have you ever? Do you like them? I think I like them if it's for contenderships, and say you have like six guys and you're trying to see which guy gets the best time. But this whole idea was just kind of dumb. Yeah, absolutely, it was brutal. Um, generally, I like the beat the clock matches. Um, we get better matches that way. 
and you give the focus to the opponent and um, how they can, you know, extend the match or, you know, spoil the hopes of the favorite. So it usually ends up being better matches, but this was the opposite with both women trying to run away and, um, you know, just run out the clock instead of having a good match. So, um, this one we can we can throw this away, but the from the beat the clock lineage. But generally, I like those matches. All right. Well, that is all the SmackDown talk we have. Uh, let's do another commercial break, and then we'll get caught up in AEW. It's been a couple weeks, so we'll uh, see what's going on in the world of AEW. agree love the match um always interesting we have two tag team partners going against each other and there's no beef between them um you know you're going to get a banger and these guys delivered um perfect finish uh they told a great story in between and uh, so yeah just awesome match and it just makes us want to look forward to you know their um you know, title defenses even more or, you know, any of their tag team matches even more, especially after, you know, coming off the heels of the match they just had with the Young Bucks. Um, they're just putting down classic after classic right now. So, you know, they're smoking hot. you got to keep it going. Um, Blackpool, Black 
cool combat club, picked up the big win over the factory. I'm ready for the Blackpool Combat Club to, to kind of move on and get some real direction. Are you, Greg, or are we okay with them still picking up kind of trios wins here and there? Um, I can see if you need to break them in a little bit. They're still new. Um, you know, just formed the last uh, pay-per-view with uh, Moxley versus Danielson was only, what, a month ago, a little over a month ago. So, you know, it's taking some time to let it all develop. And, you know, we already added a new member. You got to show everybody that this team is going to be unstoppable, which I think they're doing a great job of doing. Oh, yeah. uh, and, you know, getting their time in, uh, in the ring, and then it's going to be time to have a, you know, serious rivalry going on. Um, so who's on the horizon, though, is because it seems like everybody is. Like, I don't know who, who makes sense to go against them. Right. So, you know, you, you're not going to take Dark Order because that doesn't make sense. Um, Jurassic Express is busy. The Elite is busy with the Owen. Um, only thing I can. Andrade and Private Party? That's possible. That'd be a good entry level um, rivalry to start with, the, the AFO. Um, I was thinking about the House of Black, but until they're done with uh, Pentagon and the thankfully Our returned Phoenix, yep. Phoenix, yep. Um, they're going to have to do some business to do it, Death Triangle first, but there's two squads that. Uh, would look really good in the ring with the BCC uh, once their rivalry ends. So um, right now there's just nobody to, to put in there against them aside from the low level guys, the, you know, the factories and the, um, you know, the low tier guys. But in the meantime, you know, you, you keep them in the ring, you have some great matches, you put Wheeler Uter over even more. And, you know, things will work out to where you can put them in the storyline with the bigger characters. But right now it's all about the formation and then, you know, adding a new member, maybe another new member coming down the pipeline sooner than later. Cesaro. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Did you sneeze right there or was that a yep. suggestion? A, Cesaro. <laughs> Claudia. Um, right. Speaking of real quick, I didn't bring it up in our little recap because it's hard to put up some of the backstage segments, or in-ring, you know, segments, but Death Triangle and uh, House of Black, we need something unique for them, don't we? Like a, I don't know what kind of match, maybe a graveyard style match or something like that. You know, we've seen yeah. the often match, but I hope that they're, I'm wondering if that's why we haven't really got the all-out <laughs> you know, kind of war between them yet, but I mean, maybe blood and guts, but yeah, I'm really curious what they'll do with those trios because they need something to tie up that in. Well, yeah. And, and that's, that's just it is that with Phoenix spinning out, it's been, the odds have been uneven or the sides have been uneven and now Phoenix is back and now you can charge full ahead with uh, this rivalry. And it's going to be even better with Phoenix back now because we know how good Pac is and how good Pentagon are. And 
you know, now we have the makings of an excellent match. So, uh, but I can see some type of, you know, Chamber of Horrors type match or, um, you know, street fights are, are too cliche, especially with teams like these. So it does need a, a darker element to it. Maybe let them invent something that would be more sinister. Um, and but we yeah. Done the cinema, you know, cinematic matches lately. So I've, True. I don't be interested. Like I said, maybe the graveyard style, because that's kind of been brought up anyway. You know, they keep bringing the shovel. I mean, maybe they do a beard alive. <laughs> I mean, we haven't seen one of those in a while. Uh, but yeah, Darby Allen's kind of got the coffin matches on lock. So I don't think right. we can go that route. But. Like you said, kind of giving them some, oh, light out. Yeah, light out matches could be something. I haven't thought about that. That would probably be an idea because then whoever wins doesn't really matter or whoever right. loses, it doesn't matter. And you can be so, as violent as you want. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, yeah, I like that idea. Um, you know, because I guess Blood and Guts is normally four on four or five on five. So, and I, don't, I think Stadium Stampede style would be just too hokey. You know, that needs to be a more kind of fun, entertaining style. Like, I can yeah. see Undisputed Elite doing that with somebody. So, um, and then the other thing, um, I guess the other in-ring kind of big segment was Jazz, the Jericho Appreciated Society, hitting a fireball on Eddie Kingston, Greg. Yeah, the, the good old fireball. Um <laughs> You know, but old is new again, like right? On Keith Lee, right? When he signed the <laughs> he signed the uh, the the contract, and that fireball popped out. I think when it was hitting Karen Cross. So, but fireballs <laughs> just never work in wrestling, do they? No, not since the eighties. I don't think um, in the old what was it NWA days? I see a a couple good fireballs go off, but. You know, they never get close. Like that's the thing. I mean, it just never looks realistic. I don't know. The one that Alexa threw at Randy Orton looked yeah. pretty on the money. Uh, that may have been the best pitch fireball I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I hope they stay away from from fireballs. And that's another one that we still don't know who is going to even up the sides for Eddie Kingston and Santana Ortiz. Like we still don't, we don't have, you know, we need a team there to kind of even up that side. Right, and that's the thing. I, I expected during that segment that we get two more guys to come out and even the sides and it never happened. I mean, why why aren't uh, Homicide and Hernandez, you know, coming out from the back? You know, the old LAX crew. Yeah. Um, that would be an easy fix, you know, even bring Conan with him. I don't know what, what's going on with Conan, but, you know, he would definitely fit in there. Um, he was on the for a little anymore. bit too, wasn't he? I thought with Proud and Powerful there at the big, like, pandemic. He um, was, yeah. Because we thought maybe him and Tolly were going to get into it, I thought, for a little bit. Wasn't there right. those pieces of that? So. Exactly. And, you know, we love to see Conan. Conan's the OG, so... Um, but yeah, why not Harmonside and Hernandez come out and even the sides? And you know, I'm sure they get a big pop from the audience because we all know who they are. Um, you know, from the 
glory days of TNA slash Impact. Um, the LAX faction was super over. So, yeah, but they definitely need two more. So I think those are my odds-on favorites to get in there because they're available and, you know, that door with Impact is wide open. Here is Big Ben's response to you, Greg, about why Conan does not come out. Right, what does it say? It's too, it's too little on my screen. Oh, he is 107 years old. That's why he doesn't come out. <laughs> hey, yeah, uh, he doesn't. He only stand on the stage and just speak on the mic. Cause yeah, who doesn't uh, love a good Conan promo? Uh, towel. I think he usually has a towel. But uh, so uh, back to some of the in-ring action. And Lance Archer loses to Wardlow. No surprise there. Max uh, MJF will announce a new mystery opponent. Or low, or low. Maybe Nick Gage? Can we get another Nick Gage sighting? <laughs> uh, not for this one. Uh, you know, he dropped the uh, the phrase that pays when he says that, uh, and hey, pun intended, he goes, you can't teach that yeah. with the, the hand gestures. Like, oh, okay, we know. No. Apparently, uh, Big Cass or Morrissey. W. Morrissey or Whatever his name is now, he's going to be the new, uh, the new goon for MJF. So if we see Enzo Amore show up on AEW, Greg, the internet will will break. <laughs> Twitter Twitter will go worse than when Elon Musk bought it. Correct? It it will. He will think he'll be making his money ten times over with how big that'll go. I would love to see it because. I was a huge Enzo and Cass fan. Oh, I thought you liked car crashes. Well, hey, <laughs> it was a car crash, and it was amazing. Uh, I love Enzo because he, he's so great on the mic. Nobody is better on the mic than he is. I mean, I mean, for as brutal as the WWE audiences are, I noticed and went back and watched a lot of clips that Enzo was the one guy that never got the what chant. And you realize that is because his his game was so sharp, spitting those circular, uh, you know, puns and the cracks on people that if you weren't listening, you were going to miss the joke while everybody else was laughing. So, and, and he was so good was with it. Self-inflicted, like he he did kind of carry himself a little too much outside the ring. I think Greg that. People were just like, whatever, dude. Like, just keep your talent in the ring, do the right thing. But, and then, you know, you got to give a lot of respect to more. Well, I keep calling him Morrissey, but of course, I just think of the Smiths every time I hear Morrissey. But, anyways, I think it's like William Morrissey or whatever his you know, name is. But I got to give him a lot of credit because he looked like he was at the end of things, Greg. Like, you know, he was done physically, emotionally, mentally. And turn it all around, get himself looking better, get himself mentally right. Um, you know, who knows if the, I mean, him and Carmel were obviously a thing. So who knows right. if that might have screwed him up to, you know, to see her kind of rebound the way she did and, you know, end up married and all. I mean, that's got to play a part if, you know, that's kind of your first love or second love or whatever. But um, yeah, he definitely has come around. I know an impact, he, he seems to do pretty well down there. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of reaction he gets, you know, against Wardlow 
And Wardlow picking up Morrissey, though, that's going to be something to see. I mean, <laughs> the, symphony, the symphony on him is going to yeah. be something to watch. Um, yeah. How about Serena Deeb, Kira Shida, uh, Shida with the the jean um, trunks, I guess you could call it. Uh, apparently, Serena Deeb did not know this was a street fight, but she came dressed in her wrestling gear, Greg, and she picked up the win. I was I was pretty surprised that she picked up the win over Shida, especially when you consider how all in AEW was on Shida, you know, just a year or two ago. Um, she just cut, you know, she just still over, but there's a, it just feels like they've lost a lot of momentum with her. Yeah. And it's true. They have, um, I've enjoyed the rivalry just for the sheer brutality of it. Um, these two have gone at each other, uh, tooth and nail and had some real bangers of, uh, matches, but, um, yeah, it's time to move on. It's definitely time to move on. I didn't expect her to win the uh, Serena to win either. Yeah. Um, but usually, this final blow off goes to the to the babyface. But uh, they went the other way, and um, it's going to be interesting because now they're painting him. You know, hers the main challenger for Thunder Rosa, which yeah. would be a lot more interesting than. Sheeta against uh, Thunder Rosa. So, in the end, let's see what the point was. But you know, I think it shocked a lot of us that uh, Serena got the win. And we got the undisputed elite as they're going by because you know why not? <laughs> why not use a little bit of an old name, Greg, and tie it to the new name that you have? They picked up a win. Not really sure where they're going though, do we? I think Kenny Omega needs to come back. Hopefully sooner rather than later. I feel like he okay. would give this a new look. Our, our Jay White, you know, we had to tease a Jay White, and where's Jay White been? Like, we need something more there. Uh, and just too, you know, happy-go-lucky <laughs> in undisputed elite land for me right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always simmering below the surface that the, um, the friction, the heat between... Red Dragon and the the Bucks is there, but you know Adam Cole is covering it up as best he can. Um, lots of different places that this whole storyline can go, but it's all going to be set off when Kenny comes back. So um, I'm curious to see which which way they take it. Uh, my guess is is Adam Cole takes over the whole thing. And by the time Kenny gets back, there's going to be a power struggle. And, you know, hopefully then a series of epic matches. But uh, there's a lot of different ways you can go with it. So I'm, I'm going to be interested in seeing where they go with it. Because right now, uh, I don't know what they can do for double or nothing. I don't, I don't feel like, I don't want to rush the, um, the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. I feel like that's not ready yet. And right now, yeah. I don't know where else you kind of ran through what your Jurassic Express, you know, tandem. So it's like, what else is there for the undisputably to kind of do? So. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a, 
wait and see. You got too you got too much talent for them to all be just be to kumbaya. I agree with you. So and I get it, sooner or later. Like said, it makes sense for now until there is that, you know, finally bubbles to the surface. But um, and then in I don't know what to call this title change. Uh, maybe AW saw the writing on the wall that we needed the double turn. Because who in the hell would have thought Dan Lambert would be over as a face, Greg? <laughs> Thanks to Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti's, you know, outside the ring business. I, I, I feel bad for them because, you know, it is, I don't know. I, I think that they made it so public, it's turned people off from them. And, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just weird, but. Um, obviously, AEW saw the writing on the wall that they had to turn Sammy and Ty into a heel couple and give the title back to Scorpio. I mean, there was no doubt about it. So uh, we did see a barbed wire ladder, though, come out. Things I did not expect to see in this match. We saw Paige and Tay kind of take each other out. You know, a nice low blow to Dan Lambert. Uh, we just, you know, then at the end of it, Greg, we see... Um, uh, Frankie Kazarian uh, come out to congratulate Scorpio Sky. So I think we'll get that match in a couple weeks after you know Scorpio gets his body right. Give him a week to rest, and then let him and Frankie Kazarian tear down the house, and you know see where Scorpio Sky goes next with the title. But but right now I feel like we're we're kind of switched to roles. We've got Tay and Sammy as heels, and we've got. Scorpio and you know, probably Ethan Page as faces. And who would have thought that, you know, just three months ago or whatever? Yeah, I right now, I don't like it. I don't get it. You know, why it was necessary to do it. Um, you know, we'd already broken up the inner circle and they've, you know, gone their own ways. You know, Jericho's going back to the heel side and um, Sammy looked fine as the baby face and, you know, you don't have ever have to have everybody go separately into the same corridor. Um, so I'm still at a little bit of a loss for why turn Sammy heel. I know Sammy's going to be a great heel. Um, he and Ty are going to be over the top annoying. Um, and that's what they are the same- online. So I think that's all you had to do. Like if you, I get it. If you type but, in them, it just you know it's it's public displays of affection all the time. It's like okay, we get it. You're together. I think part of me, Greg, was that they had to deny it so much. You know, you had to know they were together. <laughs> sure, but but you know why this faction? I mean, like you said, turning Dan Lambert to a babyface is a bad idea. Because yeah. he was doing so great at being a heel and uh, berating the whole audience and everybody who was in the ring, um, you know he loved being the bad guy. And then, you know, the whole American Top Team faction, you know, embraced being the bad guy. They were believable, and now they're you know going to be faces. And I get the idea of wanting to make Paige VanZant a a baby face. You know, she has that all-American girl next door uh, kind of look to her. And so I understand that. But 
is just is bad timing in my book as far as who you turn Sammy against. I'm fine with turning Sammy, but not against these guys. The ATT factions that stay heels. Um, so if this is all for Paige Van Zandt, then it's a little overreaching and unnecessary. But Sammy and Tay are tied, sorry, against Paige and Scorpio. I would imagine that's going to be a couple weeks. Yeah. Or but, it could be, I mean, that could be our double or nothing match. It could be, yeah. Um, I just think it's a hard sell to get everybody to buy into ATT is a, a baby face, baby face faction after them going so hard the other direction for so long. So. Randy almost turned him heel or face though, Greg. <laughs> I mean, with all those, so you know, I wonder. I wonder if Dan Lambert will still be himself, and you know, people will just do what they do. You know what I'm like. Maybe you'll have Scorpio and Ethan still page up the play up the face side, but they let Dan Lambert keep him almost like a Paul Heyman. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, what side of the fence they're on. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I still think we'll get Sammy Guevara and Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti won the triple A intergender tag team titles last night. I believe or a couple of nights ago in triple A. So you know we're going to get all out PDA from them, you know, with the titles and all this. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be something to watch. But I guess it's going to suck when if Sammy and Conti and ever break up. That's going to be one ugly breakup, Greg. <laughs> right. It happens. But, um, you know, it's all lovey-dovey now. But, man. When you start up this lovey-dovey, I don't imagine it ending well if it does end. Um, right. Yeah. But on the rampage, uh, Darby Allen picked up a win over Swerve Strickland. Uh, two guys, I guess, wrestled a lot of each other back in the day in Defy, which is up in the Northwest, uh, Pacific Northwest. So a uh, good match there. I, I think I would have liked to see Swerve pick up the win, but then you saw him and Keith Lee busy with Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, so it kind of made sense that Ricky Starks comes out there, but Darby Allen picks up a win to move on. And, you know, maybe we see him and Jeff Hardy like they teased in the Owen Hart Cup match. Yeah, um, I like this match is that it made sense storyline-wise and uh, with the, you know, shenanigans going on, you know, another distraction finish to kind of keep Swerve strong and push Darby forward. Uh, let's not get too heavy-handed with the distraction finishes. They're starting to pull too many pages out of WWE's playbook, so be careful with that. But, you know, for it is for what it is. It's better to have Darby into the tournament and then, you know, Swerve and Keith Lee do their thing uh, with Team Tat. So I get it, but... Uh, careful with all these distraction finishes. Um, and then we have a new faction that we can talk about. I believe they kind of came together last week or a couple weeks ago, Greg. The baddies. The baddies. Yeah. No? So You're not, you're not feeling the baddies? <laughs> not feeling the baddies. I only think, no. Red, I think I was kind of tired of Red Velvet's like just too wholesome 
persona, so I'm kind of buying into it. We'll see. We'll give it a little more time, more time, and see if she lives up to the role. I mean, a lot of people who, who are the baby faces that go to heels and can't pull it off. I'm going to be curious to see if she actually can. It was a it was a start. I'll give it that. So we'll see how it develops. And I mean, if we can get Malcolm Bivens back there, him and Mark Sterling kind of talking up, that that could be a lot of fun. So. Uh, they probably should have Mark, you know, Malcolm Bivens. I guess Stokely is his, you know, other independent wrestling name. Uh, we can get him on AEW's main roster. Shoot, that could be really something to watch. So, uh, Keith Lee defeated Colton Gunn. Oh, wait, I didn't even get back to, uh, what was it? Oh, we'll get real quick to the, what was it? <laughs> Danhausen and Hook segment that had Tony Nese come out. Because Mark Sterling has Tony Nese as a um, um, an agent, and so it looks like we'll get Hook and Tony Nese kind of going at it, Greg. And Danhausen was just kind of be there. I'm all in on Hookhausen though. Give me the Danhausen <laughs> and Hook tag team. Uh, yeah. So this was interesting because I wanted to see what uh, this little back and forth was going to be like. Um, I was hoping they would save Hook's first words for a more pivotal moment. Um, I know they did it last week in the, the little backstage segment, and then they had him say a couple more words in this one. Um, but it was feel like he was doing Orange Cassidy style, where you just saw him and he didn't say anything for months. Um and even when he does speak, it's very few and far between. So uh, I was hoping it saved his first words for something a lot more important than this. But, um, you know, I get it. If this ends up being a, a tag team, it'll be really interesting just because I still haven't seen Dan Housen do anything in the ring but talk and do the little curse point. Um, he was wrestling over last weekend, too. So he must be good to go. He was in an independent wrestling promotion, and I saw him doing a couple drop kicks. It looks like so he, I think he's finally ready to actual wrestle. Greg is what I saw. All right. Well, I'm, I'm like the X Files. I want to believe. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for him to show me something. And he's so uh, small I, too. Like I like the character. Great. I like the voice. I like the gimmick, but. I want to see what he can do in the ring, and yeah. I don't feel so moved to go in YouTube clips of his matches and things like that. So I want to be com- genuinely surprised, same way I was with Orange Cassidy. So yeah. I'm a I'm a huge Orange Cassidy guy now. So I'm hoping Danhausen has the same um, curb appeal once he actually gets in the ring and starts doing something, is then uh, cursing his enemies. So um, hey, a curse but, is big. You don't, you don't just get out of curses, Greg. I mean, well, apparently Hook does. Hook does. So, Hook um, is the only unbreakable one. <laughs> right. Uh, but as far as Tony Deese goes, he and he and Hook should be fun. Um, and I can't forget Tony Deese is down there. I do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's he's kind of lost in his shuffle too. That there's way too much talent in AEW right now. But it's time to 
bring Hook up through the ranks slowly and just start at the bottom rung and climb the ladder. And I guess Tony Nese is one of those bottom rungs, but we're going to get better matches this way. So um, all for it. And maybe this can be something that propels Tony Nese too, because Hook is super over and anybody who's going to be in there with him is going to shine too. So, you know, this could be a thing now. Um, and then we also have Keith Lee defeat Colton Gunn. Yeah. What, what is our, what's our, um, where are we at with Keith Lee right now? Just getting his feet wet. Um, same thing. So, you know, low-level feuds, and then we got to get to a, a Hoss fight. There's no big Hosses for in the fight yet. Yeah, he's. I keep feeling like he's been there for a while, but it really hasn't been. Right. Just all the reins back. He'll get to the big stuff, but you you can't rush him in. There's there's no room at the top for him yet. I mean, him and Powerhouse Hobbs should be the big match. So maybe do that at double or nothing. I think. Kind of let that play out. So then Samoa Joe defeated Trent Beretta to retain the ROH World Television Championship. Man, nothing beats seeing Samoa Joe with the title, Greg. There's just something bad, badass about it and different. So, yeah. Um, now, I would say Samoa Joe was my early favorite for the Owen Hart Cup. Um, I guess I could still be it, but him winning the ROH title, or world title, world TV title, sorry. That's kind of his thing. So I don't know if he needs the Owen Hart Cup as well, but um, any thoughts on this match here? With Samoa Joe and Trent uh, It was fine. Kind of, you know, unpredictable or predictable. predictable. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think anybody expected Trent to win, but, um, you know, it was all to set up the, you know, the giant coming out and having a little piece of business there. And that's the thing we're looking forward to. Uh, the match was decent, but, um, you know, it was what it was, you know, Joe showcasing and, you know, getting everybody to, you know, put him more over, which he doesn't need at this point. Everybody loves him. But um, so good main event, but it's all about the ending and seeing what he's going to do against that giant. So. Yeah, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all. That's all they wrote on the grant page. So. Um, I think, was there anything else I think I missed from Rampage? Was there any back? Well, oh, um, was it Ortiz who took out Chris Jericho? Or was it Santana? Uh, No, Santana, because he, he's going to have a match with Santana on yeah. uh, Dynamite. And, I want, and I'm sure we'll see uh, Eddie Kingston with a, uh, probably some bandage around his eye. Yeah. <laughs> Come back out. No, I don't think he'll do the eye patch. You know, because that's Julia Hart still doing that. Right. <laughs> Julia is still not with, uh, with you know, with the uh, um, House of Black, even though I don't know what they're waiting for. But anyway, so I think we'll do the old, like, um, Chainsaw Charlie wraps it, you know, or Sabu style, just wrap himself up with a bandage. But uh, we'll <laughs> see him. I think we'll see him next week kind of in a period. And then, like you yeah. said, you know, maybe Homicide and, Hernandez to kind of even the sides because I think at this point we do need even the sides. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. we get it, you know. So, 
Um, that's all I got for AW Talk. Let's do one commercial break, and then we'll finish up with my last call. Last call. So a quick commercial break, and then we'll finish up. What is up, everybody? It's your boy Dan over at BWSports1.com and Black and White Sports. And I'm wondering, if you're ready to buy or sell that home, now's the time, and I got just the person for you. Mr. Sean Nugent, a.k.a. Rockstar Realtor himself. 317-503-8322. Put that home on the market. Get into your dream home with this man. Talk to Sean at Talk to Tucker today, 317-503-8322. And make sure you tell him the boys over at BWSports1.com sent you. All right, and here we go. Final question of the day. I was going to put on the closing time song, but I'm afraid if we're on YouTube or Facebook, they'll kick us <laughs> off. So I will not do that. Uh, I was going to even play it low. But anyway, so Greg, in honor of Randy Orton, I don't know if we talked about this, but where do we put Randy Orton in greatest of all time? And maybe a side note, what do you think is his best cue? Okay. Um, it is of all time. That's a hard I, question. Like, I don't think he's in top 10. And I don't even know if I do top 20. Yeah. Um, top 50 for sure. Yeah. I'm getting, um, yeah. Maybe top 25. Like, if we had, like, you know, you have your greatest, you know, our taker, um, Stone Cold, Cena, The Rock. Then you maybe have Triple H. And I, I maybe say third tier. I mean, maybe borderline second tier. Like if we're doing a, a pyramid. Yeah. But that's probably not even, that's probably putting a little disrespect on his name. Like if we, if you consider longevity and how much he's been on the top, but I think easily top 25. Yeah, I can agree with that. The top half of the of the of the list, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think if he, I don't know. I don't think there's anything that would help him propel him higher. You know what I like? Because I, I, I do think this run has helped people get more on his side. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a lot of people, you know, I think there was that small 2011 window with him and Christian that really, people were like, oh my goodness, like, Orton really does care about, you know, putting over guys. But this, I don't know what we, you know, maybe the last four or five years, I think this has really turned a corner for him. I think if this never happened, I think he'd be a lot lower, if that makes sense. I think he'd be more yeah. top 50. But it shows that he he's matured a lot. I mean, you know, just in the past 10 years, if you really think about it. And, you know, I don't know what – I think getting married and settling down might have helped some of that. But, uh, you know, and just maybe seeing where guys are at now. So, uh, now what about greatest feud? I mean, it's easy to say Triple H. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know. I loved his matches with uh, Batista. Mm -hmm. He had some great matches with Batista. And you watch those two in the ring and 
you really wonder who's going to win because they they're so evenly matched. They're the same size. You know, Batista's a little bit more jacked than Orton, but uh, those two always went at it, hammer and tongs, and you know we get some bangers out of them. And so, plus they have the Austin Rock mentality, where they're they both want to be the top guy. And you right. knew both of them could have been the t- well, they both ended up top guys. Like, you know, they weren't at the level of popularity, obviously. Uh, but I think, you know, you knew one of those two guys would be, you know, if Cena wasn't there, <laughs> one of those guys would have been in Cena's spot. Right. So, you know where I'm going to go? I'm going to say Mick Foley. I know it's not the biggest feud. But Mick Foley, I think, plays a big part in Orton's career. Because, you know, I always still remember when they, I think it was Orton landing in thumbtacks for, like, the first time ever. And just that look on his face. And, like, because, you know, like you said, Orton was kind of perceived as this, you know, pretty boy, uh, you know, couldn't really do the hardcore matches. And then he does that stuff with Mick Foley, and it turns the corner for him. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I think for me, it's with I kind of want to go back and watch some of those matches with Nick Foley. I thought we also had the Rock and Sock connection against um, Ric Flair, Batista, and Orton at WrestleMania, I think it was. I can't remember which one, but one of those WrestleManias. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, Triple H is obviously the easiest one to throw out there, but, you know. uh, And then, like I said, I really think the last five or six years has really helped his case as to you know, him being important and how important he is. Like we said, when he's on, you know, when, when he really feels something and, you know, is into it, it's just a whole nother level. And it's so easy. Like, he just makes it easy. Those power slams, the you know, the RKO, I mean, the, the Garvin stomp, you know, all of his moves just look seamless when he's really on it. You know, there's a lot of other <laughs> great guys, unfortunately, that, you know, kind of came before him. You know, like, like we said, if Cena's not there, Greg, who's to say Orton's not the top guy for, <laughs> you know, 10 years? Right. Well, and Orton, was, Orton crossed over to mainstream uh, for quite a while with the uh, RKO becoming viral. Yeah. I mean, remember the memes of people on the street getting RKO'd yeah. or... Um, you know, somebody in another sport doing a diving yeah. move and the, all of a sudden Randy Orton comes up and RKO's him or stuff like that. So that I became a, a crossover thing. career with the Marine, but I guess he went another direction. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he said but, he wants to outlast everybody, Greg. So it'll be interesting to see how much longer he's got in the tank. I mean, like you said, if he's this cut and this good in the ring, <laughs> yeah. he's got another, what, five to ten years. I mean, you know, so, um, you know, he, he won't be, he won't end up anywhere else. So uh, just, you know, really, really interesting career for him to see where he was. I mean, and to think that he was what AWOL from the army back in the day, you know, really didn't know where he was headed and then just kind of did wrestling. I think almost as a, a, I better try this, this see, and ends up, you know, and that, you know, was it a little hot water there at the beginning of his career? You know, I think he, yeah, I think he did perceive too much of himself, and had that yeah. aura that, hey, I'm Cowboy Bob's Orton's son, I should have everything handed to me. And you know, I think that 
put him on airs with people. And, you know, who's to say if he doesn't start out a little more, um, you know, a little more under that, who's to say, you know, more guys don't come on his side. You know, I mean, really, Triple H went to bat for him all the time, they were saying. So um, it's kind of nice that he had that there. So is that, yeah. that is it. That's all I had, Greg, for my last call. I will let you have it next week. Uh, well, next week we got backlash for predictions, but I'm sure we could throw in a last call real quick there at the end of that. So we'll do all backlash predictions. We'll get um, Raphael's kind of betting odds on that and uh, kind of have at it. But I will say real quick, I did see that the state of basketball will be live right after us. So you're watching us on YouTube. Just stick around and you'll catch the state of basketball getting you all caught up on uh, the playoffs. We saw the Bucks win today and the Warriors win. So the Bucks are up 1-0 and the Warriors are up 1-0. And your Suns play tomorrow night? Tomorrow night. Here we go again. Um, love that they got them up there uh, in six with Devin Booker being injured. Um, they say two to week, two to three weeks to recover. Okay. Uh, I think we got about a week in the bag now. And uh, – but they're playing Dallas. They can beat Dallas without Devin Booker. But when it gets to the next round, uh, we're going to need Book back in there. So, uh, absolutely. But game one tomorrow, and I expect this one would be the same. Who's the Heat playing? The Hawks? No, not the Hawks. No, I can't think of who the Heat playing. That's awesome. Dead air. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter who they're playing. <laughs> 76. Uh, who do we got there? There you go. The Heat? Uh, uh, probably now because the Sixers don't have him beat in, anymore. Oh, with yeah. His, got... With his big injury. Mm-hmm. So, you know, talking about losing a, a big-time player at the wrong time. Because you can have the... Bam kind of take advantage of that middle. Yeah. Um, we thought losing Booker was bad. Philly losing Embiid is even worse. You know, I think they were giving him the MVP almost. So, yeah, sucks for them. We haven't MVP yet, have we? I think that's coming next round. Yeah, next round most likely. It's usually in the conference championship. It could be NBA, right? I would think. But, but. Yeah, I think they're giving it to Jokic, actually. Oh. All right, well, we will end here so State of Basketball can take over this time slot at 8. Uh, just stick around on the YouTube and just keep watching shows here right on BW Sports 1. So thank you for watching and catch you guys next week for Backlash Prediction Time. Backlash Prediction Time.